Welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. Today I have my friend Jeff Lester of Hunt Hard Outfitters on the line. Jeff, how you doing? Great, Jay. How are you doing? Good. I'm looking forward to talking with you. The Arizona elk and antelope regulations just came out, and we have a deadline of, I believe, Tuesday, February 12th. Um, I know you had, like a lot of people, uh, were out on the late elk hunts, the early elk hunts in Arizona and in New Mexico, and, um, you know, had to suffer through the drought year that we had. But I want to get a general sense of you moving forward, and I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, uh, the the prior year. Uh, Before we get started, uh, let's just dive into a little bit uh, for people that maybe don't know you that haven't just been on the podcast quite a bit, but uh, for those that are maybe picking this up as a first episode, uh, give a little bit of background on yourself uh, up there in eastern Arizona. Uh, name's Jeff Lester. Been outfitting Arizona and New Mexico for over 20 years. Um, basically been outfitting or guiding full-time since I was 19 years old. Uh, born and raised <coughs> born and raised in Eager. Still live in Eager uh, at this time. Um, have five kids and happily married and just enjoying life. Sounds good, buddy. Um, now, Eager, Arizona, for those that, of, of you that don't know, it's in eastern Arizona uh, in Unit 1, I believe, uh, Jeff. So you've been tra- traipsing around Unit 1 and 27 uh, your whole life? Yes. Yep. So and, uh, marching talking- around that whole <clears throat> marching around the countryside. Um, we yeah. talked before about uh, your knowledge there of 27 and 1, um, but let's review this past year that we're just coming out of um, and, and tell the folks what the conditions were like and maybe just start kind of back in the summer, uh, work our way through the kind of the early hunts and then how it progressed into the late season that you just got off of. Uh, coming into this season, uh, we came off one of the driest years we had had and, uh, one of the driest consecutive 12 months in 75 years. So coming into the, into the summer conditions were awful. And when the monsoons hit in September, I mean, we got really good rains and we got a lot of feet on the ground right now, uh, and then we're getting, you know, really steady, steady storms all the way from the first and second week of October. We've had steady moisture all the way through to even now. Um, but coming into this season, you know, hunters would get here and they'd see all the lush green grass and think that things were great. But the problem is, is the, the antler growth for the elk coming into this season was probably at an all-time low. Um, in the entire time I've outfitted, I don't think I've ever seen the antler growth quite as bad as it was i mean there's there's another year that kind of rivaled a little bit but really nothing close i mean the back ends on the elk this year were in it just absolutely it was horrendous the worst like i mean hunting season couldn't get over quick enough when it came to size wise i mean we uh we killed i think 90 percent is what we were sitting at right now and i mean we shot over 40 bulls but it was it was awful, and when I mean awful, I mean you just you couldn't believe some of the the bulls that we were finding, and some of these bulls we even know about, even in uh, like 
I had two different 375 plus bulls in New Mexico. And both of those bulls, one might touch, might go over 310 just barely, and the other one was around 305, he, just over 300 inches. So those bulls were 70 and 80 inches off of what they normally are. So That's incredible. That, that did, you of, see, did you see a difference between Arizona and New Mexico, or were they equally bad? Um, Arizona fared way better. Now, when I say fared way better, don't get me wrong, it was still bad. But because of, you know, you've got to remember New Mexico has a lot more arid units um, that don't have as much natural water in it. And when you're dealing with 1 and 27, 3A, 3C, 3B, a lot of these units, um, you know, that border the, the Fort Apache and the San Carlos, there's natural water in those units. There's springs, there's creeks, there's uh, uh, good north hillsides with good, you know, with some riparian area. So those, those elk are going to find some nutrition. And they fare much better. Sorry, I'm coming off a cold. <laughs> and uh, like I said, I mean, they fared much better than some of the country in New Mexico. So what we saw in Arizona um, in the archery season, uh, it was still a tough, tough year for finding size. I mean, there was a few really solid bulls running around, but, you, you know, you have to remember as a whole, uh, let's just take a 320 bull. That's a good place to start. If that bull was lacking uh, 20 inches, he's a 300-inch bull. In New Mexico, like I said, I had some huge bulls that were 78 inches off. So not that, not that a 320 bull is going to be 78 inches off, but if you have a bull, a 320 bull, and he's 30 or 40 inches off, I mean, you know, he might be a 5 by One of those big bulls was a 7 by 8 and this year he was a 5 by 5 And we saw that across the board uh, Back ends on the elk were just horrendous. Didn't even grow, you know, hardly any fifth points on most of the bulls. Um, it was it was just so bad, uh, Jay. That I mean, I had my own tag in New Mexico, and I never even put my release on in ten days of hunting, just because I never. I had probably fifty bulls I saw. I never saw a bull I'd put an arrow in. Jeff. As you talk about that, and then you talk about the late uh, moisture, you know, late monsoon moisture, but good moisture and good feed on the ground now, um, as guys are looking at putting in for Arizona elk um, and trying to decide on units, what are your thoughts with the conditions that we have now moving forward with all of the variables, you know, with the snows and stuff? Everything you know with the holdover bulls, you know, bulls that uh, might have slipped through last year, where does that put you in a mindset for talking, you know, to me about, you know, about the situation? I'm just trying to dig into that head of what you really well, think. I think that it's going to be, next year's going to be epic. I think it's going to be really, really good. And the reason why is because of that, you know, you're going to have so many bulls, holdover bulls from last year that didn't get shot. Uh, so you're going to, you're going to tack on, on a good horn growth year, what they should be plus a year of age. So I think next year is going to be really, really good. Now, when I say really, really good, I'm not going to compare it back to the heyday, you know, five years ago in unit one and 27 after the burn, when we were killing a bunch of just giant bulls, um, you're going to see, you know, some solid 340 to 360 bulls killed in one and 27, um, consistently compared to this year. Um, you know, you, you got to play also with the, the, the drought conditions, 
I think there was a kind of a there was a couple of things going on this year, and it wasn't just drought. You know, obviously these units have had major tag increases, and so the age class is a couple of years off of what it may have been um, six, seven years ago. So uh, we're still going to. I mean, next year is going to be really, really good. I think um, I'm expecting to have a fabulous season in both states, uh, just because usually when you have something like this, it, it with that holdover. That's just so important because so many bulls get passed and, you know, they, they, they were able to make it one more season. You know, it's not about, you know, we have the numbers. We just need some age class and good uh, conditions with, you know, so that there's good nutrients in the feed um, that they're eating. You know, they're just not eating grass. They're eating good grass, you know. So yeah, for sure. I, so, I think it's going to be good. I mean, I, I really do think it's going to be good, Jay. So with what what you have on the ground right now and these steady snows, I mean, would you say at worst it would be average? I mean, let's just say it really kind of petered out from here and just kind of lackluster. You feel like it still would be at least average, but if, if we went on the contrast and, um, you know, got some big snows and some big storms, I mean, you think it could be well above average. Yeah, I, I, I'm not. I'm not going to say it's going to be. I, I think it'll. We'll have a. Uh, when I say an average year, an average good year, meaning it won't be on the bad side. It'll just be average. Uh, average horn growth and better compared to this year, where even there was just very even little average growth. I mean, it was just so. Everything was so droughted back. You know. Um, yeah. You know. I mean, sunrise. The ski area right here is sitting, and in, in we're. You know, we're at the first of the new year and they're sitting at, I think they got 70 inches on top right now. And, you know, so Hannigan got over two feet out of this last storm. Um, so they got 24 inches there and there was already, uh, 10 inches on the ground, um, in a lot of these places and the North hillsides. See what people need to understand is these North hillsides are, they're going to, when it's cold like it's been, and it's really cold. I mean, I'm down here in the desert right now, and I've had two days of snow. I mean, I had three inches on the ground yesterday in the desert, and uh, it was pretty neat. You know, I hadn't seen that in 20 years of hunting down here. I've never seen snow. And so those north hillsides on the mountain, they're going to hold that snow throughout the winter. And when that melt-off comes in the spring, um, those north hillsides you know, in the riparian areas are going to be able to green up because this, this snow is big enough now that it will stay throughout the winter as long as it stays cold, which we've had a cold winter up to now. And uh, I, I think we're going to, I think we'll be good. Um, now, if it was to just warm up and, and we don't get any other moisture from now on, I, I still think it's going to be better than, of course, last year because last year we had no winter. And when I mean no winter, we had no winter. I mean, maybe two little itty bitty storms last winter of any accumulation, and it was it was we had a warm winter and it was gone and just really poor conditions. And uh, you can look at the you know you can get on I can't remember the website, but you can get on and look at the snow field throughout the west right now, and everything is holding snow right now. Um, everything above about six thousand feet in Arizona has snow on it right now. Okay, I want to um, shift gears a second. I want to talk specifically about the archery elk units 
and the early rifle or muzzleloader units that you like. Uh, we'll talk about the late hunts in a minute, but specifically early bugle season, uh, the rut season, you know, 2019, we've got a full moon on the 14th. The archery season starts on the 13th through the 26th. Um, and I want to talk specifically about the archery season and go through each of the units that you guys like to guide in in Arizona and give a general term of, you know, if guys are calling you on the phone and they're saying, well, what about in unit one? What kind of bulls should I expect? What kind of range? Like, and if I see X bull, you know, is that a shooter? Obviously, I know it's, it's variable with who you're talking to, but like, give me like a, you know, this is a 280 to 320 unit. You might have a chance at a 330 plus or, you know, give me the breakdown on the units as you see them, not compared to last year, what you anticipate this year's hunt to be like. Okay. Uh, you know, if you look at 3A, 3C, 3B, Unit 1, 27, I think that they all across the board are kind of on average about the same when it comes to uh, the average uh, upper-end bulls. Um, I don't think one's any super, you know, one area is any better than the other when it comes to size. I think those kind of same bulls are in, in every unit. Um, I think most of these units now um, in Region 1 are a 320 to 340 upper-end average of bull shot. Does that mean that there's not bigger bulls? Of course, there's bigger bulls. There's 360-plus bulls. There's quite a few of those kind of bulls running around on a good year. Um, but with with the pressure that these units have had, I, like I said, I think that age class has been whittled down a little bit, and it's not you know what, what it was three or four years ago. Um, so when you take Unit 1, I think Unit 1 out of you know Region 1 is probably the best archery elk unit. Um, due to lots of elk bulls traveling into that unit. It's got lots of cows. It's got a lot of rut ground, um, high open parks, and then it's got a lot of low country as well, and there's just a lot of elk in the unit. So I, I'm, you know, I would say that that's probably the best archery unit. Not that 3A and 3C is, it can be a very good unit as well. Um, you know, around the 1st of September, you've got all those bulls traveling in from the reservation that will come into that country to rut. And, and uh, 27, um, our, we struggled in 27 last year. Um, the rut was, you know, it, it's been kind of the same for the last three or four years. It's been a tough hunt. Uh, I'm not going to, when I say struggle, I don't mean, you know, uh, just finding, you know, really solid big bulls to hunt. And, uh, you know, the cow numbers are down in 27, I think, compared to maybe a one. And so it makes that rut hunt, archery hunt, a little tougher because uh, you don't see the vocalization of the bulls near as much as you do in, say, a unit one or a 3A, 3C. Um, and then that, that turns, you know, turns around in the late hunt. Things go completely another way. So, uh, like I said, I, I'm expecting unit one to be really, really good. 27, I think it's going to be pretty much how it's been for the last few years. It's going to be a little tougher. Um, you know, antler growth-wise, I think we're going to see it better this year. I mean, we hunted a really, really big bull in 27 this year. Uh, I hunted him all 14 days. It's the same bull I hunted in 2016. And uh, he was killed this year, actually, in the in the trophy hunt. So he's gone now. But, I mean, he was a 385-type bull, which was good to see that bull. And he made 
he obviously got the groceries and, and put the size on, but he was much the same as he was in 2016. Um, so there was some really good bulls, you know, a couple of really nice bulls shot in the unit as well. So, I mean, big bulls, the, the older bulls have an, a way of going out and they know where to go get the feed and the nutrition and they know where the springs and, and you know, these bulls that are eight, eight, nine years old, they know, they know the gig and they know where to go and what they need to do to survive and get, you know, good feed. So, In your opinion, between Unit 1, 3C, and 27, the biggest bull walking around, just, just not that may get killed, just the biggest bull walking around, what unit do you think it would come out of? Um, it's going to probably, oh, man. In the archery season, it would come out of it could come out of one or three A three C just because so many bulls move into those units to rut. Um, but if you were to say right now, I mean, twenty seven, because of the remote country, obviously holds some giant bulls that are that are in some dark nasty hole somewhere, and you know, uh, I, I would probably say twenty seven has probably got you know a, a hidden gem somewhere. Okay. Um, you, you mentioned the positives about those units uh, from an archery and an early rifle or muzzleloader standpoint. Um, what are some of the negatives or drawbacks uh, that people need to know in looking at those uh, three units? Well, uh, anytime you're looking at these three units, um, you just need realistic expectations. Anytime you come into a hunt, I've talked about this a lot, uh, people just need to understand that there's not a 380 bull behind every tree. You need to have realistic expectations. When a client calls and he starts talking to me about size, um, sometimes I have to, you know, take the wind out of their sail. And I don't mean that. I mean, you know, we've killed tons of big, giant bulls in these units. But I just want people to understand, you know, what, what a realistic expectation is. And... You know, if a guy calls me up and, he, and he's throwing the 380 or the 390 numbers out, you need to get them down to the 350 range. Um, just so they understand that a 350 bull is a trophy class animal on public land in Unit 1, 27, 3A, 3C, these units, it's still a great bull. Now, if you've killed that kind of bull, could you hold out and look for bigger? Of course. But if, you, you know, you've got one or two elk under your belt and... Uh, you know, you really want to hold out for a big bull. A 350, legit 350 bull is a great bull elk. Um, it's not something to be balked at it at all, you know. So uh, that that's just what I want, you know, people to understand is they need to just know what they're looking at, know what what their goals are, and just be realistic about it, you know. Um, and, and they'll have a much more enjoyably, uh, uh, enjoyable hunt because they, you know, they know what to expect, you know. Jeff, I can say this because I'm not guiding in 2019 in Arizona for elk, but how about the phone call that you get from a guy that says, yeah, I've got 20 points, I'm a non-resident, I'd like to go ahead and finally cash in my points, you know, I've waited this long, you know, I'm, I'm looking at a 390 bull, and that's what I want, you know, I've, I've put in, I've, I've paid my dues, and, you know, that's what I want to get, and, you know, you go, okay, well, um, all right, uh, you know, how many bulls have you killed? Well, you know, I, I haven't killed one yet, um, but, you know, I've got 20 points in uh, Arizona, and, uh, you know, I want to come hunt with you. You know, I, I've, I've done a lot of research, and, uh, 
you know, I, I've seen you with big bulls and, uh, you're my guy. Um, you know, uh, I got, you know, 19, 20 points, you know, I'm ready to go. Okay. Um, you know, do you archery hunt all the time? Well, no, not really. Um, you know, but I'll, I'll be ready for this hunt. Uh, how do you answer that? Okay. So how we answer that, I mean, I'm, I'm, and I'm speaking <laughs> for me <laughs> because, you know, there might be guys out there that, that, that sell their hunts based off telling people what they want to hear. And I am definitely not one of those guys. I just, um, I tell people that all the time. I said, listen, just because you have a lot of points doesn't mean anything. Points have nothing to do with the size of animal that you're going to kill. You've waited years and years and years to draw this tag. And I'm sorry, but there was a window where, yeah, we could say we're going to be pushing, hunting 360 plus bulls. That window is come and gone. Um, and I just, you have to just whittle it down and get them to understand uh, what we're dealing with now with the, the amount of tags and the pressure that these elk get from hunt to hunt. And as long as you can get them to understand that and see that, then most guys um, are, a are able to at least, you know, leave the conversation with a smile that they know they're, that it's still a great unit, that they're good units, there's lots of elk, and it's an action-packed hunt. But when they get caught up with, I got 20 points and I want a 390 bull, if you can't move them from that idea, then you, it, it's going to be a long hunt. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> and it does not yeah, mean for sure. that those kind of animals don't exist. I tell guys all the time, we might kill the bull of the woods. We know where a few giants are, but. Now you got to go in there. You got to get an arrow in him. Everything's got to. The stars got to align. There's a lot that has to happen. And yeah, for so sure. It's not like I you just, and your team aren't going to, you know, hunt for the biggest bulls you can find. You just have to have a guy that realizes that hey, we're going to do our best and we're going to try and kill. You know, Jeff would love to kill every 400 inch bull in the woods. He literally would. But the reality is, uh, all of these top guides, they, you know, they they only as good as what the what the animals present them and if there's not you know there were years back i can remember 10 years ago there were years when you know 370 380 390 bulls were like a topic of conversation every couple of days like a guide would see this a guide like they, it was there but i think with right. the people and i'm speaking from myself directly to the people listening to this podcast that have listened to all of the elk breakdowns that we've done and all the future ones that are coming out in the next couple of weeks. You have to understand Arizona is in a position right now that it is not where it used to be. The, the, the age class has declined. Jeff said it. Other guys have said it. If you're listening, get out of the bubble and listen to what the guys on the ground. This is why I like to have these kind of guys like Jeff on the podcast to tell you. He's been doing this for 20-some years in these exact units. And he's telling you that the age class is down. The size is down. And that's not me and Jeff and these other guys being Debbie Downers. It's telling the real story of what's going on. Uh, the Game and Fish does a great job with what they have. But the reality is they have allotted too many tags to keep up that Arizona tradition of giant bulls. Whether that's good or bad, that's a whole other discussion for another podcast, but that's the reality. That's what we're dealing with. That's what guides across the state have to deal with is the fact that 
because opportunity was, you know, uh, promoted by the public and the Game and Fish wanted to create more opportunity, they obviously allowed more tags, which dropped age class. Jeff, right. I want to. I know you. I know you've got a tight timeline. Um, I want to talk about these late elk hunts and talk about the units as well. Give your breakdown on how these late hunts are shaping up. From what I'm hearing, that open burn, these bulls are just getting shellacked. Uh, but even with that being said, talk to the guys out there that want to come late elk hunting. Tell them what they're going to be facing in unit one and twenty-seven, and and where three C, three B, whatever you're hunting. Um, in the late hunts, late hunts are really, you know, high success, uh, and they're pretty high demand. I mean, there's a lot of guys that want these tags. I mean, they're good hunts. You know, the 3A, 3C, I wouldn't give you anything for that late tag. Uh, I wouldn't even be looking at that unit for late. It's a completely different hunt late because uh, a lot of the bulls leave. Same with the 3B, um, 3B country, you know. So unit, basically in the late hunts, you're talking 1 in 27, much more of a popular late hunt. That's why they, they take more points to draw than those other units. Um, but uh, they're probably the two best late hunt units in the state. Um, and, you know, big open canyons, uh, you know, a lot of it, you know, tons and tons of both 1 and 27 are burned. Um, a lot of these bulls are sitting ducks when it comes to the late season because uh, guys can shoot, you know, uh, lot, not that they can shoot further now than they used to. It's just people are are finding out, you know, what their weapon will do a lot more now with the turrets and the good glass that everybody has. I mean, a lot of these bulls just are getting picked over um, in the late hunts. High success rate, uh, you know, we had a really good late hunt, killed uh, five really solid bulls in, in 27 and one in unit one. And, and uh, I mean, you know, we were looking for that 330, 340 type bull to kill. Even with the horn growth, I mean, we were able to, to kill a handful of those kind of bulls, you know. Um, late hunt-wise, I mean, you know, that, that's what I mean by the archery hunt. I feel like the archery hunt's a little better in Unit 1 versus 27, and I think the late hunt in 27 is probably a little better than the late hunt in Unit 1. But it's also the ground. It's rough gr country. So if you're an older guy and you're putting in for these tags, you know, you don't want to put in for the 27 if you can't really hump it because it's a very, very physical unit where one um, has a lot more road access. You can get around and still get into some of the rough stuff because it's got access. Where 27, you're on, you're on, you know, foot most of the time. Um, you can get back in with, you know, vehicles, but, you know, you're going to be hiking back into the, the main areas that you're going to be hunting. So uh, it, it's... Every year, you know, some, things change a little bit, you know, and, and the Unit 1 late hunt, a lot of bulls, don't get me wrong, piles of bulls, but, man, the age class was, is, and the, the size in Unit 1 in the late hunt was really tough this year, lots of small 280 to 300-inch bulls. Okay, fair enough. Um, Jeff, I know you've got to run. I know you're headed to Mexico. I'm headed to Mexico in a few days. Uh, I want you to have a great hunt down there. I want to give you a chance to let the listeners know how they can reach out to you, um, how they can contact you, and I always appreciate your time. Uh, the best way to get a hold of us is, um, I mean, of course, my cell phone, which is 928-245-2668. That's my cell number. 
Um, leave a message. Um, I'm sometimes hard to get a hold of, but we'll get back to you. Uh, and then, you know, hunthard.com. Um, I sell clothing and apparel and packs and equipment as well. So when you go into there, you go to the outfitter section. And I, I'm actually way behind on that. I need to up, update. You know, most outfitters aren't very good web guys. So <laughs> a lot of us, I probably have a hundred bulls I need to put on my website. Um, and then, uh, so hunthard.com, that's our website. Uh, go to the outfitter section. And uh, on Instagram, we are hunthard underscore gear. And on Facebook, we're hunthard. So that's, that's pretty much how to find us. And like I said, I, I got my contact information and emails and things on there. But the best thing to always do is I always prefer people to text me and and then I can call them back and then I have their number and their name in a text and then I can write that in my book and then get back to you um, accordingly. So that's the best way uh, to get a hold of us. We spend a lot of time in the field and we're gone a lot. Like I'm getting ready to go to Mexico. I'll be in Mexico for, you know, 10 days and, and so I'll be out of touch here. And so when I get back, my phone will be full. And, and, uh, but I, you know, it's important that we, we answer people's questions and, and everybody can get taken care of that way. Right on, buddy. We'll knock them dead down there, shoot some giants. Uh, always appreciate your time. Uh, thanks for, uh, spending time with us and, uh, drive safe down there. Okay. Okay. I appreciate you having All me right. on, Jay. All right, buddy. God bless. Take care. Okay. Talk to you later.